This is Dr. Lee Birch. I always thought I'd have kids. I just never intended to become a mother. This podcast is devoted to telling you my journey to becoming a mother and what I found to be successful. I was 28 years old, very pregnant, and working full-time. I had gone to school to become a chiropractor, and I was growing my young practice the best I could. I wasn't super busy yet, but I knew I was helping people, and that made me happy. My husband and I planned when we wanted to get pregnant, and we were pretty much right on schedule. I have to be honest, most of my life had gone pretty much right on schedule. I graduated from high school and went to college. I graduated from college and went to grad school. I met the man of my dreams and got married. And we were five years into our marriage when it was time to start our family. I had also been raised in a family where my mom worked full-time. I was no stranger to the concept of childcare. My grandma watched me from the time I was born until I was three years old. My mom dropped me off at my gram's house in my jammies before she went to work and picked me up after work, bathed, and back in those same jams. In fact, it was my grandma who actually potty trained me. She would read the three little kittens to me while I sat on the toilet and I would chime in and say, meow, 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 at just the right parts of the story. I went to daycare and preschool and ultimately became what we would fondly call back in the day, a latchkey kid. Those were good times. At some magical point, when my parents thought I was old enough to be home alone, they bestowed upon me a house key. And that meant I could walk home after school, let myself in, and stay by myself until everyone else came home after work. I remember liking that a lot. Well, fast forward a decade or so, and here I was trying to find childcare for my quickly approaching bundle of joy. I mean, on the outside, I wanted to find someone so I could get back to my patients. But on the inside, of course, I wanted to find someone who was also very qualified and seemed loving and excited to watch my baby. After all, I wanted the very best for my little guy. The problem was, I couldn't find anyone, and I really did look. I felt awful. This was my very first task as a mom, and I was failing already. Here I am, starting out my career as a mom in the loser column. What kind of a mom was I going to be anyway if I couldn't even find someone to watch my newborn infant? Well, I worked the entire day I went into labor, fully a week early, and with only a few minor hiccups, birthed a perfectly wonderful baby boy. Thankfully, my own mom was right there to help me out those first few weeks. I was pretty sure I didn't know how to keep a tiny human alive on my own, but my mom did, and I soaked up everything she could teach me. I remember the day after she returned back home. The baby ate and slept, and I slept with the baby, but I'm not sure much else got done. It's pretty much a blur. Then my colleague called. He asked me how I was feeling. Great, I said. He asked me if I was ready to come back to work. Sure, I said. He said he was headed out of town, and he would love it if I could come in and see a few patients while he was away. Well, that sounded easy. And while I was there, maybe I could see a few patients of my own. It was all set when I hung up the phone. Then I turned around and remembered I had a baby. Insert panic here. Well, I did what any mom would do, and I asked my mother-in-law to watch my baby. It was just for a couple of days, I told her. In fairness, she was thrilled. She was an experienced grandma. I had witnessed her take care of my nieces and nephews, honestly. 
What could go wrong? Well, my son was four weeks and three days on the morning I dropped him off at my mother-in-law's house with bags of milk I had pumped, plenty of diapers, changes of clothes, and our dog. I mean, I had seen Peter Pan before. We all know dogs make great nursemaids. I was about 90 minutes into my morning of seeing patients when I saw my mother-in-law's name pop up on my cell phone's caller ID. I answered and heard the screaming. Moms, you know exactly what started to happen in my body when I heard that. And for you dads out there, let's just say it has something to do with milk production. I asked my poor mother-in-law what was wrong. She said he was inconsolable. He had gone through all the milk I left for the entire day and she didn't know exactly what I wanted her to do next. Well, I canceled out the rest of my day at the clinic, picked up my beautiful baby boy and went home to nap. The next day, I had an even more brilliant idea. I would take my baby with me to the clinic. He sleeps all the time anyway, right? Honestly, what could go wrong? Well, let's say everything. He didn't sleep at all. He cried the whole time. He was completely unsettled. He was mobbed by patients wanting to see him and hold him, and I was distracted. So distracted, in fact, that I had a patient look at me and say, you know, I'm actually paying for your time. Wow. He wasn't wrong, but the situation was all wrong. I canceled out the rest of my day at the clinic, picked up my beautiful baby boy, and went home to nap. And I called my midwife because I actually felt pretty horrible physically. I explained my symptoms to the midwife over the phone and she asked if I had been overdoing it. Now, overdoing it is subjective, so I asked for clarification. Knowing full well what I had done would probably fall into the category of overdoing it. I let her name a few things before confessing that I had gone back to work. She lovingly chastised me, told me it was too soon to be doing that, and told me I probably had mastitis. Do you guys know about mastitis? You get it from breastfeeding, and the only way to get rid of it is to breastfeed. What kind of a sick sense of humor thought that up? Well, I called my clinic and canceled out the rest of my week. I had hit the wall. I knew I hadn't found anyone to watch my baby, which meant I couldn't go back to work until I had, and I was exhausted, physically, emotionally, and mentally. I was postpartum chubby. I felt awful. I was frustrated because I wanted my life back. And I didn't see any clear path to get there. I picked up the phone and dialed a very familiar number. A man answered and said, hey, how's my grandson doing? I started crying and words spilled out. And my dad just listened. I'm not sure he understood everything I was saying, but he knew enough to know I needed to talk. I said every last thing I wanted to say, and there was silence on the other end of the line. I asked if he was there. Had he even heard anything I had said? He replied in the calm and soothing voice I knew so well. I've heard every word. Well, I asked with tone. You see, I was expecting the whole tough love speech. It worked for me. I don't like to be coddled and I don't like to be pitied. I expected that this time, like so many other times before, my dad would lovingly but firmly remind me I had all the tools I needed to figure this out. I just needed to get myself up and do it. But sensing that I needed something else that day, he was very measured in his words. The conversation went something like this. My dad, 
How many chiropractors are there in your city? Me. Eight, including me. My dad. I'm sure you're a very good doctor and that you do great work with your patients. Me. Why, yes, I do, if I do say so myself. Well, I didn't actually say that out loud, but I was thinking it. My dad. You see, there are seven other chiropractors where you live who can also take great care of your patients. Me. Ouch, but okay, wondering where he was headed with this. My dad. And wait for it. How many people in the entire universe can be Jacob's mom? And there it was. The missing piece of information that I needed. I was there when Jacob was born, obviously, but it didn't click with me until that very moment that I was his mom. I was the mom, me. I'm his mom. I know it seems so obvious and so simple, but the reality of it sank into my soul like nothing else ever had. I had been making all my decisions based on what was best for me, not what was best for we. We were a family now. I had expected my baby to settle seamlessly into my life. What I never expected was I needed to figure out how I fit into his. It was crystal clear to me what I needed to do. This was when I needed to put on the big girl panties speech. The decision was easy. The execution was going to take some courage and some logistics. And oh crap, I have a husband. I needed to get my husband on board with this plan too. My husband came home about an hour later and I had been secretly dreading this. We were a one income family and I was the income. I didn't know how this was going to work and I really didn't know how my husband who was only a few months into his master's degree in accounting program, was going to reconcile the numbers. But I knew I was committed to figuring out how to make stay-at-home momming work. And somehow, it was going to work. I also learned that making that happen was going to take another month of heavy lifting. But I knew I was working for something that made my heart feel peace. So it was all worth it. Now I want to stop here for a minute and talk about the whole stay-at-home mom thing versus working mom thing. The epiphany I had was not that I needed to close my practice and stay at home. That was just a decision I made because of the epiphany. You get that? So this is not a story that ends with someone feeling guilty because of the decisions they have to make for their own families. This is just a story, and it's my story, and it's about the transformation of my thinking from me to we. Well, I was only a few days into being a mom who worked inside the home when I realized I had no idea what I was doing. I was really good at keeping to a schedule and checking things off a to-do list, but I was a complete mess when it came to unstructured days and a list that only had one item on it. Keep the tiny human happy. I had good parents and a happy childhood myself, but like all of us, there were some things I vowed I would do differently when I had kids of my own. Well, now I had a kid of my own and I had no idea what to do, let alone what to do differently. Here's what I didn't know. I wanted to rock the mom gig. I wanted to be the house where all the kids came to play. I wanted to be the Kool-Aid mom and the team mom and the PTA mom and the fun mom and, well, every kind of good mom I had ever seen all rolled into one. After I decided I was going to lean into the mom thing, I started reading and studying and asking questions and taking classes on parenting. Remember, this is pre-Google, so I had to do it the old-fashioned way. Soon, we added more kids to our growing family. 
there was a moment where I really felt like I was hitting my groove in the mom department. And then, of course, my kids became teenagers. And there I was again, completely lost and researching. But this time I had Google. I realized the secret to finding someone qualified to, quote, watch my children was to become qualified to raise my own children, not just on autopilot and not parenting by default, but having a plan. My plan always was to have kids, so I got pregnant. Then I figured out what it meant to be a mom.